Welcome to Black Hills Influence Podcast. I am Chris, along with Brian, and we just want to take a moment and say thank you for your listenership um, and sticking with us throughout this whole whole thing here and interacting with us on our official website. And soon we will have our store live so you can pick up some merch. We also have voicemail that you can send us. It's been great. Merch is coming out. It might even be live by the time you listen. Go to the website, blackhillsinfluence.com. There should be hats and stickers available, and we got shirts and a couple other cool things coming as well. But for today's topic, we want to talk about the five leadership patterns that accelerate sustainable growth. I came across this in LinkedIn, and some of the, the points that we're going to touch on is how to accelerate your growth as a business, as a person, in your relationships and, and going forward. So the one thing, the number one thing, is putting the right people in the right seats. And I'm going to read just a little bit of a passage. The imperative of ensuring that your organization has the right people in the right seats is the most powerful, transformative, challenging, and often painful lesson any leadership team can learn. The problem is most leaders are either tolerating or in denial of the people issues that plague their organizations. What do you think about that, Brian? Well, I think it's a real problem. I think, you know, as a leader, as a human, as a person, uh, everybody wants to be friends with everybody. Everybody wants to be liked, right? Especially as a boss. As a boss, exactly. Um, So, and I've seen it happen. I maybe even had it happen to me a time or two to where you put somebody into a position because you like them, let's say, but they might not be the right person for that position, whether it be skill set, attitude, aptitude. Right. Um, it's, it's a real problem uh, that happens, I believe, in potentially every single business out there. Well, it's, it's almost a hindrance to your own business growth because if you're a, you know, you're a likable person, you find someone that you click with, you kind of want to give them you know, the benefit of the doubt and and help them out as much as you can, right? But they might not be performing as well as somebody else Could or, be or potentially be. somebody else that isn't in your group or someone that's working for you. Yeah, you're, there's many cases where as a leader, as a boss, you are better off hiring somebody new than you are promoting somebody you already have. Um be, just because the simple issue is if you were to hire somebody new, they might already have the skill set that they actually need to hit the ground running right away, mm-hmm. even though the person that you could potentially either promote or move that's already in the organization could learn it. But if they don't have the right attitude, right, or sure. they don't want to take over that kind of position, you're hindering both yourself as a leader and a boss, but you're also hindering your business and you're not going to hit your goals and the, you know it rolls down. Right, from because there. then it's going to fall on you as the responsible party, we'll say. Correct. Because if your people aren't performing, even though they're likable people, that's nothing. there's nothing wrong with that, but there has to come a line of having the person that you need in the right spot 
versus just having a nice person in a spot. Yeah, and we've talked about that before too, to where if you hire somebody and you're too proud to coach them or get rid of them potentially because that's your hire. Right. Right? To where you don't want to admit failure or admit defeat and get rid of them or move them. If you're too proud, if your ego is too fragile to hire or fire or whatever, it's a real issue as a leader. Right. I think it's very tough for people to have those tough conversations or the, or I'll say the hard conversations mm-hmm. because if you genuinely like somebody, you know, they come to your barbecues or whatever, you hang out outside of the mm-hmm. workplace, but they're not performing on the job. There's there's definitely going to be some sort of disconnect and you need to be able to have an open conversation with them saying, "Hey, what's going on here?" Well, what it, can we do to make this better? It starts with having that clear and that clear and concise communication <laughs> channel from the beginning. Yes. Right? State your goals up front. Here's our parameters. Keep it in the guardrails and you're good. But the moment we're outside of the line, then like we need to, then, then we, we need to have a course correction. We need to have a conversation and see where it needs to go from there. So, right. yeah, at the end of the day, putting the right people in the right seats is paramount, I believe, in any business. It's the number one important thing to accelerate your growth as a business. The other part that I want to touch on is sometimes you might have a dynamic person that is performing well, whether it's a salesperson or someone on the service side that's doing more than the average, we'll say. They're excelling. But they might be a very toxic person and they're not fitting into the culture along with everybody else. So then that becomes an issue of, hey, I'm performing. I don't have to listen to your rules. I don't have to be part of the group because I'm making my own money. I'm making you money, so you shouldn't even yeah, don't worry, worry about what don't I'm doing. Don't worry about me. Right. And that's, that's a toxicity problem, like you mentioned, to where, yes, person A might be performing well against their stated goals, but what you can't really track on paper is person A is bringing B, C, D, and E down 20%, right? right? If we're talking from a sales sales role, sure. let's say. Um, and that you could put a number on that, but it's hard to do on paper. But from a company morale perspective, that person, in my example, person A, if they are a cancer to the rest of the team, it's, it's going to kill the whole it's business. It's going to kill everything. Or that whole section of the business or whatever the case is. Right. I think, and, and that's a dangerous trait that, leaders or bosses need to really take into consideration. You have to kind of take a temperature of your whole group as a, as a whole, because if there's one person or that's the common denominator, the toxic person in your building is bringing everybody down. Is it worth whatever revenue you might get versus leading them to somewhere else? So you can get someone that fits in with the culture. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be, when you say fit in, it doesn't have to be a good old boys club either. No. Right? They just need to perform the way they're supposed to perform and not bring other people down with them in regards to their morale, their positivity, you know, whatever. Right. They they might be just fine as a salesperson or whatever, but sometimes you have to be able to play nice together. You we, We bring up sales a lot. Because we're we're, we're, we're sales guys, but 
you know, even put into a restaurant perspective, if one of the line cooks out of five is a frankly terrible person and brings the whole team down in the kitchen, it slows the whole kitchen down, which then results in less orders in the dining room. You right. got to get rid of that one line cook. Yep. Even though they may be a professional chef, they might be the best be. one that you have. Yep. But if, in my opinion, if they are bringing down the rest of the team, you got to get rid of them. Whether it's a salesperson, a line cook, a auto body repair tech. I mean, we whatever go, the case, whatever may the be. case may be, a bank teller. I mean, whatever industry you're in. You can think of an example, not necessarily on your team that is toxic to your team and your business, but you could think of a a spoke on the wheel right. that if that spoke is not as qualified, as professional, upbeat, positive as the rest of them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. But it takes you as our listener, as a leader, as an owner, as an influencer to recognize that and be honest and upfront with yourself enough to know that you've got to cut that out. Yep. And you and it's there is no you you shouldn't wait. Like, oh, I'm going to give them 3 months and see if they turn it around. If you know today that that person is a cancer, is toxic, whatever the case may be. For your team, your business, your family, you got to get rid of them. Yep. You got to cut them out 100%. of your life. It, it reminds me of the whole month, like month, the movie Moneyball. Exactly. You can have the the top guy that hits a hundred home runs. Yeah, I'm I'm just Whatever. pulling out numbers. A great baseball player. Mm-hmm. He is not worth the whole team drowning because he's he has one hit. You have nine people on the team that are hitting at one uh, in one inning. You know yeah. what I mean? So if all of them are doing zero. And he's the only one that hits. The whole team loses. The whole team loses regardless of how great he is mm-hmm. or she is. We'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah. But if you have everybody on the same wavelength, they're in the culture together and they get a hit and they get a hit. Everyone wins because their morale is up there. They're all into the, the team culture. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to win. On and you're that. scoring more points. You're selling more cars. Right. You're turning tables faster. You're whatever. You know, whatever right. the example if is. If you have a one-man show, I mean, that's all you have. But if you have three or four people on a team... That are killing it. That are substantially okay. Yep. You're going to do a lot better in the long run versus the one person that's doing 80% of your business. Yep. And I'm not immune to the fact that that one or two star salesperson, let's say, and, and we're talking sales again, I apologize, but that one or two star performer on your team, whether it be in sales, line cooks, you know, out of body techs, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. if those top two are bringing down three through eight, there's two things you got to figure out. Why are one and two excelling versus three through eight? Are three through eight, do they need more training? Or as an industry, as a business, whatever, are you favoring one through two to sure. be more successful to not giving three through eight a chance with leads, whatever the case may be? Because right. if you tell me that three through eight are not as successful because they're not as good at the job, my next question is, what are you doing to prop them up, to teach them more? If your answer is 
they got to figure it out. They're swimming on their own. You're the problem. Yeah. It's not, it's not salesperson three through eight. You right. are the issue. How, you know, it, it boggles my mind when you're in a business and you see so much turnover within a year or even two years of your salespeople, your wait staff, whatever the case may be. Because they just, I've had it. I'm out. This ain't worth it. This is not worth it. Because, you know, I have a top salesman that's been there forever. Yep. And they essentially bully all the new people because they're like, well, I know everybody. So don't even try. Okay. So I'll just go to the next person that maybe they don't know as many people as as this person. You know what I mean? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It's a it's a downward slope and it's and it's very dangerous. So that's the first point. We Find, went off on a tangent. We, yeah, we we that's all in personal stories, maybe, but <laughs> right person, right seat. Put them there. Another key factor is identify fewer and clearer priorities. Now, reading through this, priority used to mean one. One. Numero uno. Not, we have several priorities. We have one goal. We have one mission. Let's get it done. Yep. And I think the problem is, is when you're in an organization, you have multiple priorities. So if everything is important... Nothing is important. It's a, real, it's a real problem. I've ran into myself too. And I would say, I would add that, yes, at the end of the day, I think you can delve everything down into one main priority, you know, and depending on the business, depending on the situation, whatever, the one main priority for somebody might be just to survive and stay in business, right? Right. Given 2020 what it was. That's your one main priority, let's say. Mm-hmm. Let's break that down into five goals. I'm okay with that. The problem is is where, uh, as an organization, if anybody in an organization can't see the one big goal or the one big priority, the vision, the vision, then it's you're at fault, right? You know what I mean? Because you haven't explained the five goals and why they're important for the one priority. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. And I, you know, and you can break that down into a spider web of different goals within that and whatever. Sure. Um, but like you said, if everything's important, then nothing's important. There are right. hierarchies to your day and what is most important. Right. Love that. And it says the primary role of a leader is to signal what matters the most. So for some people, they'll, they might have one giant priority. That is the big ticket. That is the vision. But then they will separate that or break it down even further saying this on the second tier is important and then this and then this and then this. So, sort of like what you were saying is the hierarchy. And, and I think that's healthy, but you need to be able to have everybody on your team know your vision and be 100% concrete with that. And you got to be very transparent with it. Yes. You know, I'm very transparent, like especially last year. I think you know, COVID, whatever you want to say, the the international event that the world kind of went through. Event. Event. <laughs> Selling tickets. Uh, I think it put a lot of business owners on notice because at that point in time, you had to be very clear about what was going on, not necessarily in the world, but within the business. You know, so I right. was tr- very clear. 
that with my clients and with people that work for me and whatever, my number one goal is to stay afloat. You know what I mean? I don't right. want to close partly egotistical because it was a brand new business, but you know, our number one priority is to stay open. Yep. So the five goals underneath of that is keep and manage sales, turn out quality product, you know, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But I was very transparent of, hey, we can't close. This is we're doing this. This is the vision. Yeah. Stick with me. Yep. And if you're on board, great. If you're not on board, great. Just tell me. You right. know what I mean? Because and, there's nothing worse if you're bringing somebody along and they they are not accepting the vision. Correct. They're not on board. They're yeah. not on your team. If they're not with you, they're against they you. are against you. I agree. If you are not building, you are draining the life force of the vision, and that needs to change. Another point is implement communication rhythms. That's, you know, in some, like, retail, I've experienced this, is they have the daily huddle. Every every morning. Quotations. Every morning. So right before the store opens, everyone gets together and says, hey, this is what's going on today. Here's what's coming up. And, you know, just kind of gets everybody amped up and ready for the day's work. Okay, then there's the weekly meeting. That's the kind of part where this will last a little bit longer. That comes up with the debates. What do you guys think of this versus this? That sort of thing. I think if you got to have communication, we've talked about this a number of times, that communication is one of the most important things you can have in your business. It's You got to have transparency and you also have to have a little bit of vulnerability and that will build that trust within your whole team and along with your business. And I don't, touching on the last point, I'm not 100% sure how much I've talked about it, but I am, as, as Brian, trying to be as transparent and vulnerable as I can be because I think that builds trust, Absolutely. like you said. So like somebody works for me, somebody trusts me to do marketing stuff for them. I try and be as very transparent as I can because at the end of the day, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, like my family is going to come first if something happens, mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I've left client meetings before, like, Hey, my wife's in labor. I got to go. I talked about that last week or two weeks ago, you know, as a leader, I think you need to be transparent and vulnerable, uh, to build trust on any team. Absolutely. Another one, continually grow as leaders and as a team, not necessarily saying, hey, there's a team baseball <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Everybody's to, getting together to play softball. Uh, I need you to be there Saturday at three. Right. Know? No, no. I think what it is is, again, we talked about the vulnerability building the trust. I think that is huge. You know, once you build that trust and you're vulnerable and your team members are vulnerable and you build that trust, you can have a deeper conversation. You can have those deeper debates and not feel like you're just punching fists. The whole you know, time. The whole time. Yeah. You know, that way it's actually constructive in getting the goals met, even though you may have different views on what's going on. Yeah. And and the one thing this article also touches on too is, you know, continually growing as a leader and as a team. If you want to continually grow as a leader, you got to sharpen your skills. Absolutely. Right? Iron sharpens iron. So as a leader, you need to be reading, journaling, 
learning from other people in the industry, but also learning from those outside of your industry on how to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think you listening today obviously shows that you're even half interested in trying to become a better leader, more influence, et cetera, et cetera. I've talked about that a hundred times. But inside and outside your industry, I think in order to grow as a leader, you got to put in some work out, yeah. outside of Absolutely. normal work time. You know, I can grow in my craft. Sure. I've talked about that a lot in regards to mastery, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the marketing world. You can't just learn marketing and then you know it forever. It changes every week. Right. Every, all the time. You know, I've, I have friends in the auto body industry and they've been in there for 15 they, years. They keep coming out with new cars. New cars, aluminum, you know, we can go on and on and on about that kind of stuff too. So in order to grow as a leader and as a team... I think you as the leader need to be implementing learning opportunities within the team as well. Right. And and actively encouraging it for promotion. For everybody. For every, yeah, for everybody's sake. You know, because if I've been in businesses and I've had clients as, I've had businesses as clients that actively not, they don't try and actively grow their employees because... Oh, and this is this is terrible to even say out loud. I had a boss tell me one time, I need you to train these people to be smart enough to sell it, but dumb enough to not leave. And I went, wait a minute. You don't want me to teach them enough that they can go and do, do it, it on somewhere their own. else and do it on their own. But you want me to train them enough, just enough to be able to sell it half intelligently? It was a weird crossroads for me because it felt disgusting. Well, that's a red flag up there just listening to that. It was, and it, it, it from integrity's sake, it messed with me. Sure. You know, because I am a person that always tries to push out as much as I can to anybody that's willing to pull it in. Right. In regards to knowledge. Sure. You know, I'll teach anybody anything as long as you're willing to listen and put in the work. But to actively suppress knowledge on people that are in my team is a problem which brings me to my my last point brian is lead by example and if you're not constantly trying to learn or evolve and grow your underlings your we'll come up with better words your employees aren't going to want to learn or grow themselves either. So all you're doing is maintaining what you have. You're not growing. Yeah, and that's dangerous. As a team, as a business, wherever the case may be. And also, here's another, here's personal story here. If you are not, if you are maintaining and not growing, you are doomed to fail. Because you're not challenged. If you have employees that are not challenged to grow, or if you don't have managers that are challenged to grow, then you're not going to grow at all. It just doesn't magically happen. I'm sorry. It isn't like Bitcoin where it just magically triples and quadruples your money in a night. It's not that way. You have to put in the work. You have to want to work. You have to go and grow. As humans, in our normal human nature, people want to be challenged because we want to be successful. 
there is no success from, I mean, unless we're talking about, you know, just staying alive out in the wilderness, whatever. Sure. There's no success in just maintaining. No. You see, there's no growth there. Right. So, as a leader, if you are not actively trying and willing to grow yourself, your team sees that and says, okay, as long as I, as long as I can manage the status quo of what I've been doing, then I don't I'm, have to do anything. I'm fine. I don't have to grow either because if leader X is just maintaining their normal daily life, that's all I have to do too. It's, it's a very dangerous thing if you do not wish to grow. Leave, leave business out of it. As a human, right. that is one of the saddest things I see on people. Right. Put it into a relationship perspective. There you go. Great. You're with your spouse, your significant other. If you are not trying to learn more about them, what are you doing? Yeah. Because they're going to be like, well, I guess that's it. You know, we've we've dated for a while and he or she doesn't care about me. We we live together and um, that's it. It's over. Okay. I mean, it's sad. It's 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 scary. Yeah. It, if and we're talking marriage and relationships now. If you and your significant other, you and your wife or husband, or whatever, if you are not actively trying to go on adventures together, not saying you have to like, hey, we're going to Africa and going hey. on an adventure. You know, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. I'm going to Target. That's my adventure. That can be an adventure. It can. You know, you can make Target a date night, a very expensive date night, but a date night nonetheless. Yes. If you if you're not actively trying to grow with each other and build each other up, I don't think that's a healthy marriage. It I'm isn't. not a marriage expert. We've only been married for five and a half years. Not a marriage expert. No, four and a half years. I don't even know. Way to go, Brian. Twenty fifteen. You September, better start so looking into that a little bit further. Whatever. If you're not actively pushing your husband or wife or spouse to grow, to learn new things, to, you know, go outside of their comfort zone in regards to learning, I think you're doing a disservice. Well, you're you're almost, you're you're hardening yourself up. You're walling yourself up that Uh, way, too. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, with date nights, you learn about each other, but you also learn about yourself. Yeah. For like, let's say you go to a cooking class. I may not be into cooking. My wife is. But if we go together, I can learn to provide a food or meal for myself. Yeah. In case she has to work late. She's on girls weekend. She's on a girls weekend. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. But that way we learn more about each other and and you learn about yourself like, okay, I can follow directions. I can add this to this and not kill somebody with what I do. <laughs> You know what I mean? I think you, you got to learn. You got to be able to want to grow yourself along with your significant other. Yeah. And it's and that can be even with friends, too. Absolutely. Like, I am pretty hard on you. All as, the time. As, well, it's on purpose, though, because oh. I actually care about you and I want you to learn new things. But there's, I mean, there's a group of probably five guys in total that I actively try and send videos to send articles to send info to because i am almost invested 
not from right. a monetary standpoint, but as a friend to want them to grow and, you know, rising tides raise all boats, right? So exactly. if I can keep my group of friends that are very close around me in active pursuit of knowledge too, then I win as well. Right. And there's, I mean, I have a ton of friends that I don't send anything to. They're still my friends. I'm not saying they're not my friends, but I know that they are not even half interested in learning new things and becoming a better X, Y, Z. Sure. Whether it be husband, salesperson, business person, no, whatever, whatever. Whatever it is. So, I mean, lead by example. I'm trying to lead by example of sending articles, sending videos. Hey, do you want to go on this trip with me to this leadership conference? Whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lead by example with my friend group of these certain friends that I know are willing to learn. Absolutely. So you can use the point of lead by example, whether it be on your business and your business team with your friend group, with your marriage, you know, or your significant other, even with your kids, you know, as a father, I need to be better at leading by example of trying new things. Like you want to talk about food. I have the diet of a 12 year old, but I know that if I were to eat more vegetables in my own diet every single day, my kids will eat more vegetables too. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? As a leader of your family. Household. Yeah, leader of your household. That's a better term. Or leader of your business, whatever it is. Yeah. All eyes and ears are on you. Yeah. And that means they're looking to you for advice, Mm -hmm. but they're also going to be your critic. They're going to scrutinize your decisions, whether they are the right decisions or the wrong decisions. You have to live with that. It's real life, man. I mean, at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're at home, you know, in the morning getting ready for work, whether you're at work and whether you go back home, you're leading by example from sundown to sunup. Yep. You know what I mean? 24-7. And it's, you've got to be very cognizant of that as a person to know that there are other eyes on you. Even the little things that you may do that you think are insignificant could have a huge impact on someone that's watching you. All day long. Because you are an influencer no matter how little or how much influence you think you have. You are influencing somebody. And it could be positive or negative. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have an influence on somebody that says, that guy is kind of a piece of garbage. Right. Because he doesn't do this, she doesn't do this. You know, whatever. Influence is good or bad. We're just here to expose it. And that's where we'll leave it today. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time to to share a few minutes with Chris and I. Um, we really appreciate you taking the time, uh, whether you're working out, walking on the treadmill, you're driving home from work. Um we are here in an effort to make you better, make you a better husband, make you a better wife, make you a better salesperson at work. Just know that you have more influence than you think you do. Um, continue to share this with your friends. You can send them to blackhillsinfluence.com slash follow, and they'll be able to go on there and pick the app of choice as to where they can go and listen and follow as well. Um, once again, thank you so much for your time. Reach out to us, BlackHillsInfluence.com or Black Hills Influence Podcast on Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you soon. See you then.